Welcome to the Make Books Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Marlene Seegers, co-founder of Two Seas Agency, a boutique literary agency based in Ojai, California. Join me and take a glimpse behind the scenes of the international publishing world through my conversations with key players of the industry. My guests all have one thing in common. They make books travel, for instance, from one language to another, from idea or manuscript to published book, or from page to screen. Find out how they do it and why. Thank you for listening. And now on to today's show. Welcome to another episode of the Make Books Travel podcast. Today, I'm excited to welcome my first guest from Scandinavia, Marie Winter from Denmark. Marie is founder and publisher of Winter Vorlag, which she started in September 2020. Among the different Scandinavian markets, the Danish publishing market in particular has seen many changes in recent years. Imprints were discontinued, publishers merged or were bought by publishing groups, Streaming saw an impressive and quite aggressive growth, and several new publishing houses were created, both independently, like Wittner Vorlag, and under the umbrella of publishing groups. We're taking a deep dive into the Danish publishing market, and we'll discuss the impact of the pandemic, of course. But we will also talk about how Marie came to found her own publishing house. Spoiler alert, it involves one of my favorite authors. The rise of audio and so much more. So I'm pleased to introduce you to Marie Winter. Today I'm speaking with Marie Winter, founder and publisher of Winter Vorlag in Denmark. Hello Marie, welcome to the show and thank you for being here. Thank you, it's my pleasure. So if I'm not mistaken, you started Winter Vorlag in the midst of the pandemic in September 2020, right? I did, yes. It's just like one of my previous guests. Um, you may have listened to uh, the interview with Gunnar Zinnibulk of Canon Verlag in Germany. Mm -hmm. yes. he, he also started out in September. So I'm curious to hear what your journey was like uh, leading up to that moment and what's it been like since. But can you first briefly introduce yourself to our audience and uh, tell us some more about your professional career leading up to uh, starting your own publishing company? Yes, I can. Um, I am an editor with, uh, I think, a little more than 20 years uh, of experience. I started out before my career in publishing by making a poetry magazine, which soon developed into a vibrant live scene and a small press. And very soon mm. I got my first real job in publishing at Borgen Publishers, which was a family-driven hmm independent art loving art collecting publishing house um so i stayed there first as, as an editor and uh, i ended up staying for 10 years almost and moving up to editorial director and founding a, a more commercial imprint beside the more literary stuff that i made um and after that i was in a couple of different publishing houses some very commercial some very small and literary sort of um, idealistic uh, driven to, to gather experience from the different you know, perspectives in publishing. And then before doing my own, I was uh, five, staying five years with Rosinende, 
which is one of the uh, leading publishing houses in Denmark. And I was responsible for their foreign fiction list and building and reshaping their list. Um, so I was working with um, mostly female authors was my what what uh, was what I acquired most I think um, Sally Rooney Rachel Kursk um, Maggie Nelson these kinds of authors and finding wow that's uh, beautiful <laughs> authors <laughs> yes. hmm. and we're very lucky we're such a small country we are five million people so um, I, I could I, they were actually free at that time. Um, so mm -hmm. I could I could um, pick them and and make my list, um, and, which was mm. quite quite profiled list, um, and and I sort of felt I found a new audience for um, of of sort of um, younger female readers, the ones that are always very hard to find. Um, mm -hmm. But I got some strong reactions from them, so I sort of continued and built it that list. That was fun. Mm. And then um, mm. uh, it was a great place to be, but uh, it was owned by Gyllendal, one of the biggest uh, chains in Denmark, publishing mm -hmm. um, houses. Um, conglomerates, and, yeah. Yes, mm. conglomerate, the biggest one in Denmark. And we have sort of been independent, owned by them, but independent for uh, a very long time. But they chose to shut it down. Um, and mm. then I had to... Uh, figure out what to do and where to be. And there was sort of this trend among the big houses in Denmark, and I think it's quite global, to to just become bigger and bigger and more and more mainstream mm. and, and, and go down in the market to, to, to find uh, more readers. And uh, this was not what I wanted to do. So mm. um, I ended up uh, doing my own company. Hmm. And how did that uh, go about? What was did you have in the back of your head at some point already earlier on? Like your dream was to ha to have your own publishing company, or was it just more? Well, I guess it's never really a spur of the moment when you start your own company. I I know <laughs> that it's not. But um, it, did it come? Did the idea only kind of start growing in your head when uh, when Rosinante was shut down? It yeah, both, yeah, yes and no. I mean, it wasn't uh -huh. something I was, I was, I thought I would do. But I must admit that over the years, the thought has come up because I mm. started my way into publishing was really do it yourself and um, coming mm. from the underground and just trying to do something that we liked, not thinking mm -hmm. about you know big corporates structures um hmm. so these kind of things as i had thought about it but not that much the, what really made the difference was that um that after uh Rosinende was closed i i met with uh, rachel kosk and her husband and we were Ooh, because i was i'm jealous I was, and, you know, that <laughs> I, I was i was her, her editor <laughs> i've been following her work for right. 12 years yeah. before really mm. um, taking her in she was one of my authors in and, mm -hmm. and I had really, I've, I've loved her for so many, her works for so many years, but it was never mm. the right time. But then it was, mm -hmm. and then I published the trilogy. Mm -hmm. And of course, it, it went very well, not straight away, but it, it really took off. And it mm -hmm. was such a good experience. 
so I met up with them and we were discussing what to do and and, and so this was point, after sorry after, okay, yeah, if I may, and so this was autumn, after you yeah this was the, the autumn, autumn of 19 yeah and okay we, thank uh, you a yeah. couple of months after autumn and the close and and mm-hmm. and we were drinking some wine and we were thinking what what am I going mm. to do <laughs> and then mm-hmm. uh, and then then she said but why don't you publish my book um, and you can even do, I was at that I point that. I was refurbishing my kitchen and you know really taking some time off <laughs> wanted to spend yeah. more time with my kids and and then uh-huh. said, but I think I think you should publish a life's work it's not out and it hasn't hasn't been published in Denmark I think you should do it and and oh. if if you don't want to do it anywhere else you can just do it in your new kitchen and and then <laughs> I I said no way I'm not going to do this but then mm. you know that it it growed on me and and mm-hmm. I was thinking about it and I said okay this is such a a, a chance for me I I I would I would regret it forever if I said no mm. I, I don't want to do this so so I was thinking you know that it took form in my head I was thinking about okay how could it look which other authors do I need how can I do funding how you know how should what should it the name be how I did just to visualize it and and then mm. it just took off from there and then I, mm. I talked to another of my old authors Michel Welbeck and and uh-huh. there was some huh. older his old you know his first Reste Vivant uh, mm-hmm. um, um, essay that I always wanted to publish but again it has never sort of been the right moment and I I, I got the rights for that one and I was sort of saying, okay, now I need what? What do I want to do? I always also wanted some, you know, want some new literary sort of for the uh, the name for the future. So mm-hmm. I I um I was reading and also one that I've been, you know, that's how it works often. I think for it is that you read something and say it's not the right timing. Oh, at least mm-hmm. in Denmark we have the luxury because we're so small that we could put it aside and take it, you know, look at it again and you know. This yeah, idle it's, time. it's not one of the most competitive markets that I'm it, it familiar it with. Is, so but, but not, well, but, but yeah. on few titles, on, on, yes, you know, exactly. on the biggest yeah. titles. That's but, it. But, yeah, um, but not on you know on new on new voices. It's it's mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit easier than in the in in UK market, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I I bought the rights for Marike Lucas Reinevet, and that's this was before well, she won the the international nice. Prize. And then mm. said, okay, now I have sort of a trio. Now I can, mm-hmm. now I have a sort of profile or at least a profile that makes sense in my head. And then yeah. I just you know, moved on from there. I just love this story. I had no idea. So the seed was planted by Rachel Cusk. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, Michel Welbeck joined. And then, uh, and even before the booker, you acquired Marike Lucas Reineveld. I mean, what a, what a trio indeed to start <laughs> yeah. out with. That's amazing. I would wow. only do it, you know, this is, I, I, I need it. You know, I've, I've been in publishing for many years. So I, I wouldn't, yeah. I know the business. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I knew I needed something to sort of open the doors for me, and yeah. you know, in the in, in, at the press, you know, at the with the, with the critics mm-hmm. and the newspapers, all the reviewing mm. part of business. Uh, I needed mm. a, a door at the booksellers, um, so I, I needed strong names um, mm-hmm. because yeah, to start out with a bang yeah. or a, sl- a yeah. splash, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's ending yeah. with a bang, starting out with a splash. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And so uh, apart from, I guess, then finding 
new authors? Uh, what were the main challenges when you got started? And I'd like you to kind of divide them between like the ones that were related to COVID-19 in particular mm. um, and, and the ones that you would have encountered in any in, in any at any moment uh regular normal circumstances mm. i mean one of the um i'm i'm, I'm still uh, very few persons uh, in in the company i'm i'm, I'm me and mm-hmm. two or three other working half time so it, we have we're few okay people. yeah um yeah um, and, and then a lot of freelancers but but you know the core mm-hmm. is we are quite few and uh, the new, very new thing for me was, of course, the whole sales and, and, and marketing, because I come from editorial. Mm-hmm. I, I know that part mm-hmm. of the business. I know the press. I've been doing that. I know the events. But, but to, 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 you know, to really know sales, uh, it's very different to be sort of um, cooperating with the sales department and actually doing it yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I knew about mm. this uh, theoretically, um, but but to to reach so to, the the amount of work that that, uh, mm-hmm. that you have to put in uh, the sales uh, to to get the book sold as well as has been uh, mm-hmm. yeah um, I mean it, it's it's more than I anticipated I think so that yeah. has been a, 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 a steep learning curve. Um, yeah, and yeah. and that would and, and also because I'm so I'm, I'm small, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm up against very, I mean huge uh, conglomerates um, and even mm-hmm. very fierce competition there. Perhaps like five, yeah. very big, two very big, and and three to four medium sized, but also very rich and aggressive, marketing wise, um, publishing houses. So to to mm-hmm. get space in the sales in the booksellers has uh, has taken quite some mm. uh, some work um mm-hmm. or you you i have to think alternatively because uh, i i guess like everywhere um it's it's uh, this everything is 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 already bought or, or, mm-hmm. or paid for in the in the booksellers you know the placement if it's you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you see the cover if you have posters everything is is sort of yeah. organized and paid on you know 6 months in advance and, and yeah. that is 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 a challenge for a small mm-hmm. and, and new company. This would mm-hmm. have been a challenge anyway, but um, mm-hmm. right, yeah. Uh, so, so this is not COVID related. Actually, yeah. the, the, the funny thing is that I think perhaps it. A lot of people have asked me, "Oh, it must have been so um, difficult to start up in the midst of of the the COVID." But I think in some mm-hmm. ways it was easier uh, mm-hmm. because. In Denmark, uh, we it, we had a quite mild lockdown, but we still mm. had uh, uh, bookshops closed for about four months. You know, restaurants, mm-hmm. but only four months. I know some places right. it's been worse. Yeah, we didn't have to you know show papers to go out. There wasn't a curfew, but everything was closed. Right. But but that meant mm-hmm. that that there was sort of a a you know a very sort of um, friendly atmosphere or spirit that we needed to help each other out yeah yeah small the smaller companies and all the big companies were sent home so they couldn't really bombard the booksellers with Mm. material we were all like on the same terms we could all Mm -hmm. only work via computers and emails Mm -hmm. and so me 
And in that way, yeah, so, it doesn't matter yeah. if you're small or, or big. You're sort of on the same terms. So, mm. And then there was some bookshops that some of the smaller in Copenhagen, in the big cities, smaller bookshops that made, you know, click and collect. And we were sort mm. of helping each other out. I, I delivered books for them and they could Aww. sell it to, to people. And it was such a friendly atmosphere. Uh, and mm. and, and I, I sort of, there were new partnerships blossoming around you know mm -hmm. people were reaching out to each other to help out and um people got new ideas there was sort of an inventive atmosphere hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and, and also a strong community sense yeah community yeah. sense and 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 what a, a part of my 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 publishing grant is also that i'm very local i am uh, placed in one of the the boroughs of, of, of sort of a hipster area where there's no other publishers or no theaters mm -hmm. none of these things there's a lot of small shops and a lot of mm -hmm. restaurants and community feeling um mm. so it's it's a very um sort of a, a local uh publishing house um, mm. and people drop by mm -hmm. to buy books at the i have a small store and they come in and they, okay. they buy books so it's sort mm. of an open neighbor friendly uh, uh, publishing house mm. um and also everybody was staying at home bound to their computer and they were reading mm. that that's something we've mm -hmm. seen everywhere too that that reading yeah took off because uh, people rediscovered reading because after a certain amount of time with netflix you, <laughs> you needed something else so yeah, yeah. Mm. so so mm -hmm. in that way it, it the, the the covid actually made it easier to reach books uh, reach uh, readers and customers yeah okay. huh. mm -mm. and then when it all opened up i thought now it's easy but it wasn't because because then all the you know, the oh. huge marketing departments yeah. started working they've just been you know saving mm. their big books and, and all the, the yeah. marketing material until then and then they then they, <laughs> the booksellers were completely overwhelmed with, uh, with yeah. all the things uh, and when can you just tell us when was those when were those four months that the bookstores were uh, closed? Was, was it around the, the time that you started? Yeah, no, yeah, that was mm. uh, not when I started with my first book. That was in uh, November, so we got the whole Christmas sale. But four days before mm -hmm. Christmas, they shut down, and they didn't ah, open until okay. um, I don't know March, April. I think first oh, okay. of April, everything was was open again. They sort of started mm -hmm. with the smallest shops, and then they. They they opened everything was open in in uh, in April. Hmm. Okay, and how, if I may ask, it's uh, just the 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 bookstore situation in Denmark. I, I um, are there a lot of independent booksellers? You did mention there were. It's it's one chains. group. It's one chain, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. divided into two sub chains, but it's it's really one chain. And and uh, in the the. The bigger cities, the university cities, you have of course mm -hmm. some independent bookshops. But in in Copenhagen, I think it's it's between five and ten, really. Mm -hmm. uh, the, right. the good literary um, uh, independent bookshops, uh, mm. and then in the rest of the country and outside the big cities, it's it's just one chain, and it's really half of it is you know toys and school bags, right? And, yeah, and they they suffered, they suffered a lot. Yeah. The, yeah, they did. So they 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 hold. Under the COVID, the, the whole bookseller chain uh, suffered because people, mm. two things happened. Uh, people went online to buy books mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and and the, the, the already 
the, the audio market that's already uh, yeah. growing really took off. Uh, yeah, so, and that of course that has been hard for the 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 traditional uh, booksellers. Yeah, does Denmark have Amazon or any other kind of big online no, retailer that not, is like dominating? No, no, not Amazon. Okay. Um, not yet. We know okay. they are coming. They have sort of oh a, 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 hmm. an address here, but right, but yeah, they haven't they haven't opened yet. And uh, we have a big one re internet retailer that are bigger than the others, but it's it's not nothing near nothing comparable to Amazon. To the it's, kind of monopolistic, no, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I was going to ask you later on about the the audiobook market, but since you you already mentioned this uh, now, so during the during the pandemic, so audiobook grew. Was this was this the same for the ebook market? Uh, yes, but it, it it's really audio that's growing. Ebook is mm. has been sort of stable, growing mm -hmm. a little bit, but not in the same way as audio. Audio has has, I mean, the the, the growth has been quite explosive. Mm -hmm. And is that mainly for commercial titles or is it across all genres? It's mainly commercial. But let's see. Mm. I, I mean, it, the, it's, it remains to be seen if, if the COVID yeah. situation has, has changed how, how much the, the habit has been changed. Really, the, the, the biggest part of audio is, is the, the very commercial titles. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. crime, it's biography, it's, it's uh, romance. Um, mm -hmm. that, that, that is, you know, and and it it makes completely sense. It's it's easy, easy to, uh, yeah. to, to listen to, and you can do things. I mean, people, a lot of people listen to audios because then they can do other things at the same time: walk, take a walk, or do the, you know, mm. do the dishes. Or but but mm. if you have very literary titles, you need to pay attention, and and it's not, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the same experience. But but who knows if yeah. If, if so many people have become used to um enough people have become used to it so so they they really start going over mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. um to to audio more literary yeah, yeah. More literary. that 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 remains to be seen and so you mentioned that your first book was published in november so that was rachel cusks one no, of her was, one uh, of the trilogy well back oh. Uh, um, oh, okay Reste vivant. Mm, mm, mm. and yeah, how how tell us some more about um about your publishing house. So you mentioned already you you do more literary fiction and then essays, nonfiction. Mm -hmm. How many titles have you published since uh, Michel Welbeck's? Um, I've essay? only published uh, three titles, so it's still mm -hmm. new. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I know, but um, <laughs> um, but but there's there's more coming, and um, hmm. yeah, then I'm publishing three titles more just after summer so okay yeah i wanted to kind of know if you had an idea of like the amount of titles that you would like to publish like what would be your sweet spot yeah <laughs> um, it, so to speak i mean I, i'll i'll start gradually so so yes, now it's, it's yes. because i have there's a lot of things i the structure i have to sort of mm -hmm. have in place first but um i i will start out with five this at the first year and then i gradually move up to eight to ten i think that will be mm -hmm. That would be sort of mm. the sweet spot. Yeah. So, and you said that you've published two titles since. I th I think I saw because I visited your website. I saw obviously the uh, Marike Lucas Reineveld mm -hmm. with that uh, really great cover. And then the third one is that Rachel Kask or is yeah, it the, another she, title? I published that in the midst of the COVID. Ah. Um, wow. I, because mm. I, I was so un, um, 
optimistic. I I really never anticipated mm-hmm. that it would take Close. so long. Yeah. I, I I thought yeah. okay, there's going to be a lockdown, but it will be two months and then it will open. So I postponed the book as far mm-hmm. as I could, but then I had to yeah. publish it. And that was, you know, everything was closed. It was quite yeah. Hard. Yes. So you asked me if, How if did I, that there was go? any, stro- any yeah. challenges during the <laughs> pandemic. And this was one of them because yeah. when I published it, the booksellers wasn't open and I had to wait yeah. another month. And also I, um, I had the whole... Uh, I had a very elaborate marketing plan that went completely down mm. the drain um, uh, mm-hmm. because I had she was going to come for an author visit. There was a, a huge exhibition at Louisiana, our best museum about motherhood. Um, mm. She was going to participate there. There was going to be a, a talk uh, at the Royal Danish Library with 600 sold out mm. seatings. Oh. And, you know, we postponed it three times. And um, yeah, so there's. It, it it did work very well um, with, the, mm-hmm. with sales in the end, but it yeah. was um, oh. uh, it, it was a whole marketing plan that I couldn't apply. Apply, So so these things um, were challenging, challenging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and how different has it been from going from working in a large publishing uh, company such as Rosinante to to running your own i mean you already kind of addressed it here and there but is there one yeah one specific or a couple of specific things that you were yeah you you really had to learn or get used to yeah of course the it um <clears throat> the editorial part um the whole production of the book is actually pretty much the same um mm-hmm. I, I can see even even in in the the huge uh, in the biggest companies here at least um mm-hmm. as an editor you work at your desk with freelancers mostly i mean there was no uh, production department there was no sort of uh, mm. in-house uh, graphic department so we had to hire and help to anything and we mm-hmm. were controlling that and in that respect it's the same thing that I do here. Um, okay. So hmm. th- that was not so different. But of course, I had a whole sales department, the marketing department, the press mm-hmm. department, uh, yeah. you know, the logistics, the 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 dealings with the with um, the stock and all the distribution, yeah. and all this. So all all these things you had to do. I mean, to do an ebook, to to negotiate with all the the different streaming. Um, Streaming is big here. We will address this later. Um, yeah, with the whole, the whole, uh, all the streaming companies, you had to to deal with them individually, and so there's a lot of things that I I had to learn uh, uh, mm-hmm. from scratch, and um, and this is also one of why I've you know chosen to do that. I wanted to learn more about different parts of the business. I mean, after twenty mm-hmm. years, you do pretty much the same thing. I wanted to to learn new things um mm. so so um it has been a, a quite a learning curve um mm-hmm. but uh but now i know <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and how how do you expect the next five years or so to unfold of course it is impossible to look into a crystal crystal ball and and say oh it's going to be like this but do you have so you already mentioned that you'd like to work towards five to eight t- eight titles a year i think mm-hmm. is there yes. anything else that you already kind of have a vision for no i want i want it really what it's important to me is to to uh, to of course i want to grow and i want to 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 hire a few more people 
um, mm-hmm. because I think that's the best sort of that will make some parts of my work easier. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it's it's very important for me to to grow organically, and it's very mm-hmm. important to me to to uh, to keep my my freedom editorial and and structurally or in the organization mm-hmm. as well. Um, and mm-hmm. also, I want to to do things in a as a be open to do it in a different way to have partnerships with to other franchises. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So and 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 to do more, you know, do more events also, and mm. to work with with other people from other areas of the business. Yeah, I, I think really this with with, yeah. with with smaller mobile uh, units and working with uh, par- different partnerships, making different mm-hmm. partnerships, or short or long term. I think really that is the future. Um, mm, to, be, mm-hmm. to be more my mobile and not to have a sort of a sort of coloss of um, of a, of an organization of a structure, yeah, a structure, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then I I noticed. I mean, everybody I think has noticed these last couple of years uh, the Danish book market or the publishing market actually uh, did ha- have quite a big shakeup with quite a few. Publishers like Rosinanda were shut down or imprints, and but also several new publishing houses were started these last few years, including yours, of course. Do you what? Do, what are your thoughts on that? How did this happen? Had anything been brewing already mm-hmm. for years, or did was there some kind of like a, um, a, a wholesaler or a distribution company that went bankrupt that kind of started this avalanche or what, what yeah, are your I've thoughts been thinking on that? about that too and um the, you know the 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 most sort of obvious reason is that that Gulden chose to to shut down was in ended and that i mean then mm-hmm. then there was sort of a, a vacuum and and a lot of good mm-hmm. people who, who needed to do something else and, and started new thing mm-hmm. and also i i think it's been on the way for a longer time, um, and I think it has to do with the streaming market. I mean, the the uh, the, 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 the digital uh, digitalization yeah. and the digital digital market. Um, uh-huh. it, it's not only Denmark; it's the whole whole Scandinavian. Um, yeah. You see, it's it's with Storytel. Storytel bought mm-hmm. People's Press in Denmark. They bought Norstads in in mm-hmm. um, in um, Sweden. Sweden. Uh, lately, uh, Linhard and Ringhof, big Danish, or Egmont, not Linhard, but Egmont, who owns mm-hmm. Linhard and Ringhof, bought um, Kaplan Dam in Norway. So, mm-hmm. where for, for quite some years there's been sort of a truth <laughs> that that uh, yeah. between the Nordic countries that they stayed on their own sort of turf. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but 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 now, because of the the the, the very sort of heightened uh, digital market or What's going to happen there, and also perhaps because Amazon is coming at some point, so the, mm. the all the, the biggest Scandinavian publishing houses, you know, or, or active in Scandinavia, Egmont, um, Bonnier, uh, Storytel, they, all of them have sort of been buying up, merging, and buying new mm. f- physical. They need a physical platform to get into the other countries. So, for example, mm. when Bonnier mm-hmm. launched Goodkin in in Den- Goodkin is 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 Bonnier uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
made. I mean, it's Bonnie. I wanted to go into Denmark, so they mm-hmm. they they created Goodkin um, because then they have a, a a platform in Denmark, a physical platform where and, mm. and they had where they can. And perhaps it's related to their streaming company, um, Bookbeat. Um, mm. um, hmm. Strawberry went into Denmark. Strawberry was mm-hmm. Norwegian and went into Denmark. Now it's bought by Bonnie as well. Um, so mm. I think there's something there with uh, because in Denmark, unlike I, I, I think um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in my impression is that in in the Anglo-Saxon market, at least perhaps others too, um, the digital sale is still for a big part uh, download of ebooks. And, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. audio, but this doesn't exist here hardly. I mean, it's it's. I think it's ninety five percent of the digital market is streaming. It's, mm-hmm. it's this. It's so few. That's you know, impressive. Yeah, sales that we have from from as a regular sales uh, of. There's no physical ebook or audiobook at all, and and then mm-hmm. the, there's few downloads. But it's. I mean, in the big in the whole picture, it's really really little. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, so, and, and then, so there's, I think there are five or six or perhaps seven different streaming companies competing fiercely right mm. now. And all the big publishers in Scandinavia have their own streaming service, subscription service. Mm. And it's all a fight for, mm-hmm. uh, it's all about metadata or big data. And that's why, why they are right. there, you know, yeah. um, fighting for market shares wow yeah so that's so everybody kind of has to yeah solidify i guess to have some kind of weight to bring into those negotiations in this fierce um yes competitive also, market. but it also the the, mm. the money it's all about volume like uh, like spotify mm. or amazon yeah. or you, you you earn so little on each each you know stream but if you have enough mm-hmm. yeah then it, it's really valuable, and I guess that's yeah. We don't really have any view on on what's going to come in the in the next couple of years, um, especially if if Amazon is also um, going to settle in, uh, in. Is it is it already present in any of the other Scandinavian countries? Do you know? No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll I'll look into that and I'll yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. add it to the show notes. Um, but I, I I don't think so. You know that that mm. also when all the bigger publishing houses, the biggest one, are fighting for these market shares, it also does something to um, their list, of course, and what they choose. Mm-hmm. I mean, when yeah. they buy these platforms, when when these streaming companies and big capitals or the big publishing conglomerates buy new mm-hmm. or launch new companies it's it's because they want a physical address in the country in denmark but it's also because they they need content for their uh, streaming mm-hmm. um and what we see also mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. there's almost it's probably like that other way other places too but but al- almost all of them has new sort of editorial departments to create uh, audio originals um so that's yeah. that's what they do too but they need content, mm-hmm. and and that of course does something to the different uh, list and the literature that comes out, uh, because mm-hmm. then everybody focuses on the the more you know more streaming friendly, audio friendly 
part of of the yeah. of, of the books of the titles, which again is why I'm doing this mm -hmm. because I yeah I, I was just I gonna really, say so and that gives you more and this is yeah, this more is, chance I, because, to kind of yes to have the literature from mm -hmm. the international yeah. literature the best of it we can we have already now we have a tendency and it was very visual a very sort of um, strong under the pandemic too that you you seem to, to yeah. close close yourself in culturally uh, mm -hmm. willingly or yeah. unwillingly yeah. Uh, and and we really need uh, the exchange with uh, with abroad with literature from abroad and um, to keep reading uh, a, f a foreign uh, mm. fiction and literature and and, and to mm -hmm. e exchange yeah yeah um yeah so you already mentioned the uh that the actually the people during the pandemic uh, after they kind of got fed up with watching netflix they they um they started reading more so how is the book market doing did it shrink did it grow how is it how is it looking now in, in 2021 it did grow i i think when you you look at all the publishing houses um result it, it's been it's been better um hmm. and it was uh you can see it on the on the on the sales and and you could always mm -hmm. also sort of uh, feel it when you were talking to friends and family and colleagues so, suddenly the the books uh, and literature took up much more space in conversation uh, mm. um it was uh, because you couldn't do anything else but it also um sort of a a wish to 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 have something a little more profound to um, mm. have something that you could use in your reflections uh, yeah and uh, they didn't talk a lot about crime swedish or scandinavian crime during the <laughs> pandemic that wasn't read very much mm. it was it was a different yeah. kind of books um mm. and uh, and it was and it was more books it was more sales mm. so that was good mm -hmm. that, that that people sort of readers rediscovered what books and reading could do wow so i um i wanted to ask you and and we have um i think well we've we've seen each other since but we really got to know each other um during we were both fellows during the jerusalem fellowship um in That's 2017 right. it was it's already been mm -hmm. four years i can't believe it um so how are, is there a specific book fair or maybe a, a specific fellowship if you've done if you've done any any others that has a special place in your heart now you mentioned the the Jerusalem of course that <laughs> has a very special <laughs> place in my heart because yeah. you get so close to the people there that we were together mm. for 10 days and it was such a incredible place and so that's that's something i will always take with me hmm. um yeah um it was very fun memories and, and and then i have i also have a special sort of special connection with the with the london book fair but also because not mm. so much because of the book fair but because of friends mm -hmm. because so many mm. of my friends come and that that this is really the the longest time i have to Ella, the, this is a good the best time to see them and uh, I, mm. I really enjoy that so I catch up mm. with many people during that week mm. Uh, mm -hmm. and then I I have been once in Turin ah, that was lovely yeah. that was mm -hmm. a lovely festival too. yeah it was a very good program um, yeah 
What I like um, so much about Turin is that it's 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 after the London Book Fair. So you have like that is already done, like the biggest kind of meeting place during the spring where the big spring titles are sold. Um, at least for me as a right seller, it's like that pressure is no longer there in, in Turin true. or perhaps it's still there, but a little less. Yeah. And then also it's it's May. It's. Italy. Um, it's a very nice, smallish. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's it's the size is is really um, very. Um, yeah, it's it's on a human level. It's very easy to to meet a lot of people there. Sometimes the size, even well, Frankfurt obviously, but even London, it's just still such a huge um, a huge event. And I have the feeling that. I never get to see everybody that I would like to see. And then in Turin, you do get to see the people exactly. that are there one way or another uh, during dinners or just walking around at the on the fairgrounds. So, yeah, I, I, I like Turin as well a lot. It's I a just went pace. once. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's more relaxed. It's um, mm -hmm. very mm. much more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so two more questions before yep. we wrap up this interview. Do you have any book or books that you've read recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners and why? Yes, I have. Um, but this is my my own book, so I'm a, a little bit... Um, mm -hmm. Don't go uh, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Mareike Lucas Reinewelt, I, I think yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful and, and beautiful, mm. cruel and beautifully written book. And yeah. she does something completely out of the ordinary. Um, mm. The way she creates, the way she uses language, the way she uses all the metaphors from the from earth and farming land and these kind of things—it's—it's—it's it's, it's beautifully done. It's—it's—it's um, mm. it's, it's a hard book too. It's—it's—it's it's, it's sad and yeah. cool and about what happens to to kids when they when they are left alone with their grief. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, but but it's a it's it's very strong and it's a book that you 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 can't stay indifferent to it it, it makes mm, such a mm -hmm. such a strong uh, impression wow you're you're the i think the fourth or even maybe the fifth person who has recommended this I, book so true. it's uh yeah 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 oh that's it stays um, with you definitely yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um uh one of my next projects that i, I just uh, finished um I just bought rights to is uh, is uh, Deborah Levy or Levi, mm. um, so the living uh, her living autobiography, the Cost of Living mm -hmm. trilogy. Uh, I think it's astounding. I think it's 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 a little bit related to to Rachel Cusk's tri trilogy, but completely mm -hmm. different. Um, she's she's so bold and she's um, uh, she's funny and she's clever and she's it's it's very much about writing and becoming an author and becoming a woman and and, and becoming middle-aged and um, seeing your 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 kids uh, going through a divorce and seeing your kids grow older and moving from home and it's it's just very very uh, human uh, mm. and still also um, experimental in her language she does all kind of it's mm. filled with puns um, and uh, and quotes and it's just uh, it's a marvelous book, yeah, marvelous hmm. Congratulations on uh, buying it! Yeah. 
So the discomfort of evening by Marike Lucas Reineveld and then Deborah Levy, the living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to mention here before um, we wrap everything up? We, yeah. we, it's it's very difficult to to explain to um, some of the bigger, mainly Anglo-Saxon countries because it's so different. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, they they really don't. It, it is difficult to to explain how the market is that it, at the same time it's so small mm-hmm. and so competitive on on, on yeah. this area. There was once one of my one of your colleagues, an agent from UK, uh-huh. I think, who said he loved following the Danish market because it was sort of a mini lab of <laughs> the rest of the you know the rest of the right. country that that we we mm. were so small and homogenic and moved so fast. So we were sort of a petri, <laughs> a petri dish, petri, a petri dish of what was going to happen. And I sort of looking at streaming. I I think I I see what he means. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, perhaps uh, next year a, a new interview. I'll uh, I'll think about it. But um, no, other than that, I've I've really um, exhausted all the questions that I had for you. So thank you very much for your time and your insights. And uh, I do know that uh, you're you have a lot on your plate with uh, you know your still recently established publishing house and the new titles. And so I I, I really appreciate you setting aside time to do this. And um, yeah, hope to see you soon. Me too. And it was my pleasure. All right. Thank you so much, Marie. Have a good Thank evening. Thank you, Marie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Make Books Travel podcast. I hope you had a good time and learned a thing or two. Check out the agency's website, 2CsAgency.com, for more information and resources about the international publishing scene. Oh, and if you liked what you heard, please leave a positive review. Thank you, merci et à la prochaine.